It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. If you're a pro, you know that this is not efficient because you know there's a better way. There's also a better way to save. When pro customers buy building supplies in bulk at Lowe's, they save up to 20% every day. Buy in bulk and save up to 20% on concrete, gypsum, and gypsum accessories. At Lowe's, buy more, save more. Visit the Pro Desk or Lowe'sforpros.com for details. Discount applies to contractor pack items. Minimum purchase required, U.S. only. You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackReport.com, part of Scout.com and CBS Sports.com Networks. In today's show, we will continue our look at the Packers roster by going through the depth charts on defense to pinpoint where the Packers might be looking for help in the upcoming NFL Draft. The draft starts in five weeks. Thursday, April 27th is the first round, so we are five weeks away in one day. Five weeks in a day, five weeks in a day away from the first round of the NFL draft. Before we get into today's show, I'd like to remind you to check out the rest of the great Locked On Podcast Network, which includes Locked On NFL Draft, Locked On NFL, and Locked On Fantasy. And of course, please check out my website, PackerReport.com. Thank you to all who have subscribed. I truly appreciate that. Over at Packer Report, I've been replacing all the departed free agents. And this morning, I will be posting the story on replacing outside linebackers Julius Peppers and Dayton Jones. Remember, those guys were their elephant guys. So did the Packers go that route? That's that's a I don't know the answer to that, but if they do. If they really are hitched to that NFL, if they really are hitched to that elephant thing, they're going to have to draft one. I mean, last year they they used Peppers and Dayton Jones in that role, and they're both gone. Obviously, Peppers, obviously the elephant thing, is an outside linebacker on like first and ten, and then a defensive tackle on in pass rushing situations. If the Packers want to continue going down that road, they'll have to draft a guy to fit that role, and I will throw out six names to consider for that gig. All right, on to today's show. Let's start with the defensive line, because there's some news along that line here in a second. Um, Green Bay at this point, remember, Latroy Guyon is suspended for the first four games of the upcoming season. That leaves, without, without Guyon, you've got Kenny Clark... Mike Daniels, Dean Lowry, Christian Ringo, and Brian Price on your roster. I mean, you're, you're going to keep five, and that's the only five they got. Ringo played about 75 snaps last year. Price played 10. I was on the practice squad for most of the year. So really, you've got three guys who have really played, Daniels, Clark, and Lowry. 
that is definitely a position that needs some fortifying. Remember, you also had Mike Pinnell um, at times last year, you know, between his suspensions, and he's gone now. He's at the Jets. So just three guys there who've really played heading into next season. Along those lines, the Packers had Ricky Jean Francois in for a visit. I assume he's probably still in town right now as I do this podcast. He tweeted on Tuesday that he was on his way to Green Bay. Um, Jean Francois was at the Redskins last year. Had a pretty good year, too. But cutting a cost-cutting move. He's 6'3", 313 pounds last year. He started seven games. 32 tackles, one and a half sacks, two and a half stuffs. That is a tackle at or behind the line of scrimmage versus the run. And a couple of quarterback hits. Um, not a great pass rusher, 12 and 8 years. But not a bad pressure player, though, either. In his first year at the Redskins in 2015, he had a career-high seven hurries. Last year, he added six. So not a bad player available. Um, he's already visited Seattle and Chicago. So we'll see if, the, if anything happens here. The Packers had the most salary cap space among those three teams. Not that it matters, probably. I mean, he's not going to... He's on a budget-busting move, and he is a street free agent, not an unrestricted free agent, so he went on to impact any compensatory picks. Obviously, the Packers have earned six, and you only get four, so that's not really an issue anyway. But, I mean, Gene Francois in town, and he would certainly be a big upgrade depth-wise to a group that needs some depth. All right, outside linebacker. Remember, you've lost Jones and Peppers. So this is another thin group. You've got Nick Perry and Clay Matthews as your starters. Kyler Fackrell, who didn't do a whole lot as a rookie, and Jaron Elliott, who didn't do a whole lot in his third year, are the backups. And you've got an undrafted rookie from last year, Reggie Gilbert, who's with you here in the practice squad. He is the number five guy at this point. Clearly, the Packers have got a lot of work to do here. I would guess, in a terrific draft class, I would guess the Packers draft two and maybe sign two or three extras to get a, to get a good competition going here for camp. So a lot of work to do here. This is, a, like I said, a really, really, really strong group. Whether you're talking the elephant group, which is eh, so-so, or just a straight-up outside linebacker group is terrific. A lot, a lot, a lot of talent there. To choose from, whether it's first round or fourth round, you're gonna get some players. I would, I would assume Green Bay taps into that class relatively early. I mean, look, Perry had a great year. Matthews did not. Fackrell did not. Elliott did not. So you got to get depth, and you've got to get an instant playmaker in that group. Over to inside linebacker, you'd probably know the names there. Nothing has changed from last year. Jake Ryan, Blake Matthews, Joe Thomas. Those are the three main characters from last year. Thomas just resigned. Not that he was going anywhere, but Thomas just resigned. Jordan Tripp recently resigned too. He was a midseason pickup from the waiver wire. A guy who I really liked coming out of Montana. I kind of liked him. He made a few plays on special teams. He was a fifth-round pick by the Dolphins in 2014. So I'm interested to see Trip for a full year or a, a full uh, offseason here to see what you, if you might get something out of that. Then your fifth guy, Derek Matthews, 
a guy who spent part of training camp for the Packers last year, he was added to the practice squad late in the year. So again, once again, the main characters are back. Ryan Martinez Thomas. Certainly not surprising the Packers make a move here to try to upgrade. Corners. Another spot where you clearly need some help. Um, you see, you've got bodies here. I don't know if they're any good, but you've got you've got bodies. Where your starting group, I'd assume at this point, obviously, is going to come from the group of Demarius Randall, Quentin Rollins, Ladarius Gunter, and free agent pickup Devon House. Those are your main four at this point. Josh Hawkins will be in the mix. Her Waters will be in the mix. McIntyre Dorlett will be in the mix. Those guys are all undrafted free agents last year. Dimitri Goodson is still around. He had that horrible knee injury against Washington in, in November. I have absolutely no idea when he'll be ready. Um, be, certainly not for the sort of training camp, I wouldn't think. So, again, I would assume the Packers have to draft one here early because I because you don't know if Demarius Randall's any good. You don't know if Quentin Miles is any good. You don't know if Ladarius Gunter can get better. And you have no idea if Hawkins, Waters, and Dorland are actually going to be good enough to play. I mean, we're going to find that out in the offseason. But at this point, it's just nothing but questions. So you're going to have to get a cornerback early. And this is a really good group. Um, I'm kind of half-assing. Oh, I should, say that. should I say that? I'm putting together... Um, a kind of a rudimentary list at this point of my top guys at each position. Um, for a starting point, I went to NFL Draft Scout for a starting point. I'm kind of doing my own thing from there. But of their top 17 corners, 14 are in Green Bay's height range. You know, the Packers, the shortest they've ever drafted is Demarius Randall, the shortest under Ted Thompson. The shortest under the Thompson regime that they've ever drafted is Randall at five foot ten and seven eighths. The shortest they've ever really played is Shields at five ten and three quarters. And the shortest to make the team, Josh Hawkins at five ten and a half. So that kind of gives you a, a, a gauge of where the Packers are going to cut off the cornerback group. So the good thing is what I'm just trying to get at here is a, there's a lot of good corners in this draft. And the vast majority of them fit Green Bay's height. So Packers have to get a corner. Safety is really the only group on defense where you think, oh, the Packers are probably fine. You know, they're all back. Morgan Bernanha, Clinton Dix are your starters. Kentrell Bryce played a lot last year. Marwan Evans made some splash plays in training camp in the preseason. And Jermaine Whitehead, who spent a week or two in the active roster. He's around to his that's your five safeties. Remember, Burnett and Clinton Dix are in the last year of their contracts. Obviously, Clinton Dix, they get a fifth-year option for the 2018 season, so he's fine. But Burnett will be a free agent after this year, and you wonder if a guy like Bryce continues to show that he can play, do you let Burnett go? And if that's the case, do you need to draft a safety to prepare for that? So that's kind of where you stand on defense. So basically across the board, you probably need some help. You know, unless they sign Francois, you need a D lineman. After losing Peppers and Jones, you need an outside linebacker. 
You know, did, did Ryan Martinez or Thomas show that they are the answer at inside linebacker? No. I need one of those. And there's nothing but question marks at corner. So there's a lot of work to do on defense. And I get this is where we got into before. And this is where it kills you, where you lost TJ Lang and you lost Eddie Lacy, where you had positions of strength. And now you got to draft guys to fill in the blanks. Speaking of defense, I'd be interested to get your take on this. If the talent is equal, where would you turn in the draft? Would you get an outside linebacker first or a cornerback first? Kind of a chicken or egg thing. Is your, is your coverage better because of your rush? Is your rush better because of your coverage? Well, I'd love to get your take on that. You can hit me up on Twitter at Packer Report and via email at PackWriter2002 at Yahoo.com. Um, I mentioned yesterday I did a Twitter poll on Joe Mixon. And more than 1,700 of you waited on that. Uh, the question would be, if Green Bay drafted Joe Mixon, who punched a female student while at Oklahoma, you would be thrilled? You would shrug your shoulders? You'd be disappointed slash upset. And that group won in the landslide. The disappointed slash upset crowd with 44% of the vote. 39% of you don't care. And 17% would be thrilled because he's such a talented player. And everybody deserves a second chance. Um, I talked to a scout about Mixon yesterday. Look, first of all, the guy's a phenomenal talent. I mean, Green Bay loves big running backs who can block and catch, which is why they like Eddie Lacy so much. Well, Mixon is that, but more. I mean, he's a more explosive player. He'd be really hard to pass up if you're Green Bay. But the but the person the personal stuff obviously is a a gigantic asterisk on that. And my hunch is Thompson won't draft him. But who knows? You know, if, if he if he falls so far down in the draft at 29, maybe you say, well, you know, shoot. He's still good to pass up. It'll be interesting to see if he's not gonna get this number 61. Um I talked to the score I talked to said there's no way he gets out of the first round or too far out of the first round. So it's it's first round or bust if 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 you're hoping to get him. I just wonder at what point for the Packers, this talent trump one really, 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 really bad thing. So that's uh, the fans. You have waited on that, though, and you are steadfastly against that happening. And one final note, former Packers tenant Mitchell Henry, who's out of football after being diagnosed with leukemia in December, is set to have a bone marrow transplant today. So... Hopefully that goes well for the the big noodler, as he was called. Um, when he wasn't playing fit, when he wasn't playing football, he enjoyed uh, catching catfish with his hands. What's called noodling, where basically your fingers serve as the bait. Um, Aaron Rodgers always appreciated that skill. Uh, and Mitchell, he's a he's a promising player. Um, was diagnosed with leukemia while with the Ravens. Excuse me, after he was at the Ravens. He was released by the Ravens in t- November 2016. Started feeling pain in his shoulder, and doctors discovered a cancerous mass in his chest. So, a very likable guy, and hopefully that goes well for him today. And that will do it for this episode of Lockdown Packers. Thank you, as always, for listening. I truly appreciate it. Have a great day, and I will talk to you tomorrow. 
Is Democracy in Danger or Decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst.